This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. You're locked on Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On These Podcast. One stop shop for all things leaves. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. All right, we got an off day for the Maple Leafs today, and uh, so we're gonna go through. We're gonna have a bit of a different show today. So I, 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 I'm, you know, there's a lot of of people out there who are very skeptical on the Maple Leafs this year, and they're very much in a, you know, wake me up in April, wake me up in May. Once the playoffs get going, I don't care what they do in the regular season. They they can't prove that they're a playoff team in November. And look, I get it, I understand it. But I'm here to tell you some things why I'm starting to believe that this year might be different. I'm starting to believe that it might be different. And I'll go through some of the reasons why I believe that is. So that's what I'm going to spend a majority of today's podcast doing. Also, Twitter Tuesday, where you guys take control for a segment. So um, for those who didn't get a chance to to write in their their questions to myself for the mailbag um just know that i'm going to be posting these each and every uh usually on monday maybe i'll even start doing them on sunday to get a couple extra days for you guys to get these questions in but um you know go follow at locked on leafs on twitter and i'm posting them every single monday asking for questions respond reply with your question to that tweet and find yourself featured here on uh, on our twitter tuesday segments here on locked on leafs so uh so we'll get to that shortly but let's get to let's get to chatting about the Maple Leafs and why I believe that this year could be different um you know Toronto is off to an exceptional exceptional start to the season uh it obviously didn't start off as well uh we all know that but the last 16 games they've been on a heater they've won 14 of 16 games they're currently 16 6 and 1 uh a a league high 33 points a league high 16 regulation and overtime wins so based off of the tiebreaker of the row tiebreaker they do lead the nhl um they're tied with the washington capitals with 33 points the caps do have one game in hand on them however uh but right now currently they lead the uh, the Florida Panthers uh, by a couple of points there for the Eastern Division on pace for 116 points, which would be a new high for the Maple Leafs. Uh, but again, why why should we care? Why should we think that this year should be any different? They did similar things last season. They were on pace for similar things a year ago and then flailed in the playoffs when it really mattered. And they did that the year before against Columbus, and they've done that a couple of years in a row against Boston before that, and then they also lost to the Washington Capitals. A little bit of a different story, but the last three seasons especially um, should should 
definitely have won them those series, and uh, and they're just crap in the bed. So, you know, why should we believe that this year is any different? So I get it. I understand the skepticism. However, I think this year is different. The way that they're playing, the, the way they're buying in as as a team, their team defense overall to me is is totally different this season than we've really ever seen before. Um, they kind of did it last year a little bit, but not nearly as much. They haven't they weren't nearly as dominant as we'd seen in the past. Um, I'm taking a look at at uh, expected goals against per 60 for the Maple Leafs and uh, or no expected goals uh, not per 60 expected goals for or sorry, expected goals against. And the Maple Leafs have our second in expected goals for percentage. Second in the NHL with a 55% expected goals for rate. Uh, currently tops in the NHL by a large margin in expected goals for. Um, so the, the, the offense is really rolling right now. Um, but the defense is doing really well too. Like they, they started off not so great, but ever since you know they started winning games they've played much much better of late and their expected numbers are fantastic um but a, a couple of reasons here uh why i believe that this team is different consistency they've been extremely consistent over the last month of hockey um you know since the 30th i guess the 30th of maybe you can even go a little bit before that but we'll say the 30th when they when they took on the um, the Detroit Red Wings, but even before that, <clears throat> when they took on the Chicago Blackhawks, kind of started to trend in the right direction, and they got that victory in Detroit on October thirtieth, and uh, things have really gone uh, gone up since then. Um, but it, it it's just been that consistency over a long period of time where they're playing the same way, they're buying in, they're playing with structure, um, they're winning games. They're winning tight games. They're doing it comfortably. They get a lead. They build on it. They sit back. They shut it down. They pick up the two points. That has seemed to be the way that they've been picking up victories now over the course of the last month. Like I said, 14 of 16 wins. Their last 16. They won 12 games this month. 12 games this month. They're getting scoring from, from everyone. They're getting scoring from their top guys. They're getting scoring from their depth. I mean, you take a look at, at the amount of guys who have double-digit points so far this season. Seven Toronto Maple Leafs with double-digit points this year for Toronto. We've got Tavares leading the way at 22 points. We've got Nylander, who's, got, uh, who's second on the team with 21 points. And why well, did I, I just lost it there? <laughs> uh, Austin Matthews third with 19, Marner 19, and then you got Morgan Riley up here with 14 points through 23 games. Kerfoot really providing some stability here for some secondary scoring with this team. Um, he's got uh, 14 points as well through 23 games, as does Michael Bunting, who really, as of late, is starting to come on and build some chemistry with this with this group. So. You know, a lot of really good things that we are seeing from this team. And, and, and it's really just the fact that it's all starting to come together and it's all starting to happen now. 
right? Like Tavares, Nylander, Matthews, Marner, Kerfoot, Bunting, Kasha has eight points. He's got five goals on the season. Wayne Simmons has eight points. Um, you know, Spezza's got four goals. David Camp has tripled his goal total from a year ago. You know, so they're getting contributions from from a little bit of everybody, uh, which is really, really good to see. It's nice to see. And it's not just coming, you know, they're getting a lot of it now at 5-on-5. Five five. Their, their special teams are rolling right now. They're both ranked 8th in the NHL, which I think is extremely important when you think back to last year and how poor their power play looked, um, you know, in the back half of the season. And then also had the 24th ranked penalty kill. Well, currently they're ranked 8th in the PK. They, they look really, really solid, actually. David Camp has really rounded things out for them. Mitch Marner plays a solid role. Andre Kasha has been kind of a, a you know, a nice find on the penalty kill. Uh, hopefully he can return and his injury isn't long-term. He's missed the past couple of games, but hopefully he can you know, get back into the lineup and keep up his strong play and his strong play on the PK. But the power play also is, is you know, cooking right now. Uh, they've been real, real strong, ranked eighth right now. But over the course of the last month, they've, they've been a top three team for a while. For this month, they were operating at near 40% on the power play. They were cooking. Um, so both special teams doing really, really well and, and, and have been for some sustained period of time. The holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breast sides desserts and so much more when you use a promo code nhl you'll also get an additional eight omaha steak burgers free with your order we've heard all about the reports and straw and shortages and shipping delays so don't wait order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com you'll get eight free burgers when entering the promo code nhl achieve gifting greatness with omaha steaks incredible flavor incredible value and 100 percent guaranteed omahasteaks.com keyword nhl but one of the biggest differences this season compared to other seasons and yeah i guess last year this is very similar but it's jack campbell's continues to play at a vesna rate you know last year it was an anomaly this year it's consistency this year he's carried it over and it's it's night to night literally like this guy from start to start is just Phenomenal. I mean, the the one start I can think of where he didn't play particularly well was the game against LA. That first game against LA where he didn't play well. You know, some people like to point to the the seven one drubbing um, at the hands of the Pittsburgh Penguins, but if you look at the first three four goals of that hockey game, um, you know Jack Campbell, they you know went off bodies, went off of skates, went off of sticks. They're all redirects. Nothing went clean in. It was just some really bad puck luck for Jack Campbell. But when this guy sees pucks, this guy's stopping pucks. You take a look at the league leaders right now in uh, for for goaltenders. It's all Jack Campbell. It is all Jack Campbell. It's outstanding what this guy's been able to do. And you know he's played a league high uh, eighteen games uh, that he started here for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you take a look at you know what he's been able to do. He's tied for the league lead in 
goalie wins with Cam Talbot with 12. Um, he's got the the best save percentage at 946. He's got the best goals against at 164. Um, he's got three shutouts on the year. He's got the highest by a large margin of goals saved above average at 17. The next best is Tristan Jari at 12 and then Jacob Markstrom at 11. So, you know, he's making some big stops as well. And then goals allowed adjusted. He also leads by 10 there. He's got 62 goals allowed adjusted compared to Jacob Markstrom, 72. Jari uh, at 73 right after that. And then goalie point share, 4.7 of the Maple Leafs, 33 points. Thank you to Jack Campbell for that. Um, Tristan Jari coming in second with 4.1. So, you know, he's having a great season as well, I may add. Uh, but Jack Campbell, this guy is leading in almost every single goaltending statistic that matters. Uh, and it's just, it's 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 amazing. It truly is actually amazing to see. It's, it's fantastic. Um, and that's a big part of why I think that this year might be different. They're finally getting stable goaltending. And not just for a little bit of a stretch. This is now going on his third straight season of, of being a quality goaltender. Because um, even the year he was traded here, he, he played well in those last two games since the start of last season. The start of last season. So this is now two seasons in a row. He leads the league in save percentage, leads the league in goals against. He truly has been outstanding. So I think the fact that the Leafs have a true number one goaltender, and I don't mean number one as in he can, you know, start a bulk of games, 60, 65 starts, but a guy who puts up Vesna-like performances each night he's out there. If that's only 45 to 50 games, so be it. Um, but that is exactly why I believe that Jack Campbell can get it done. He did it last year in the playoffs. It wasn't Jack Campbell's fault this team didn't make it past round one. It was most certainly the offense's fault, and Jack Campbell got it done. So I feel like he should be able to get it done again this year, um, and it's the offense that's really starting to pick up that gives me even more uh, of, a, of a reason to believe that this year is different. Look at the way that they're scoring. Look at the way that Matthews is scoring, Tavares is scoring, Bunting, Kerfoot, Simmons. They're not scoring these highlight real goals. How often are you seeing these highlight real goals on SportsCenter? Uh, you know, like you're not seeing them all too often coming from Maple Leafs highlights. That's for darn sure. You know, John Tavares is scoring goals up and tight. Whether he's banging away at rebounds, he's, you know, getting, you know, just to loose pucks that he's putting in the back of the net or getting tips or, you know, um, you know, making some nice tight uh, goals in tight. Matthews, same thing. He's getting tips. He's uh, he's jamming away at pucks. He's, you know, scoring off of rebounds, bunting, scoring right out in front of the net as he usually does. Kerfoot, same thing. Simmons, go to the net, score off of rebounds like he did the other night in Anaheim. The way that they're scoring, the greasy goals, the rebound goals, that's the way that goals are scored in the playoffs. And the fact that they're getting to the net, they are purposely trying to score this way, and they are doing it. They are succeeding in this is a really, really good sign. Greasy goals are a great sign because when there's very little ice and you have to battle once you get to the playoffs for that ice, they're showing that they're willing to battle because they're doing it here in the regular season, which is something we haven't quite seen in the past. You know, we see a lot of perimeter play from the Maple Leafs. Earlier in the season, they were playing a lot to the perimeter. But recently, um, over the last month, they've really, really 
buckled down. They're fighting for ice. They're fighting for loose pucks, and they're scoring a lot um, in, in tight and scoring you know a lot of greasy, greasy garbage goals, the type of goals that are scored in the postseason. So that is another reason why I'm uh, pretty excited about this team. And, you know, it kind of leads me to the discussion about where this team is in the grand scheme of things in the NHL. Like, yes, they are ranked as the top team in the NHL as of now. They have 33 points. No other team has more in the NHL. Um, But currently, uh, we have the Locked On Podcast Network for the Locked On NHL Podcast Network. They're... Uh, Power rankings will be coming out Wednesday, as they do each and every Wednesday. Uh, I I usually tweet them out, or I retweet it from uh, from, uh, Lockdown Leaf. So if you're curious about what the entire rankings look like, you can go check that out. Uh, But they're coming out tomorrow. And, you know, last week, the Leafs were in fifth. The week before, they were in fourth. You know, I'd be shocked after this California road trip. You know, defeating the the Islanders at home and then sweeping California, I'd be shocked if this team uh, does not end up in the top three. I would be absolutely shocked. Um, I put them as the third team in the NHL. Uh, you know, when when I did my ranking, so I, I'm hoping that the rest of my colleagues feel the same way um, and put them up top. But they're playing some excellent, excellent hockey right now, and it looks sustainable. That's the thing that's most uh, most definitely, um, that I'm excited about is the fact that what they're doing, how they're scoring, how they're defending, how they're goaltending, well, the goaltending, <laughs> I don't know if this is as sustainable as, as I may want it to be, but the way that they are playing as a whole, as a five man collective unit on the ice, plus the goaltending, this all looks sustainable. It looks easy. They look comfortable. It looks like this is what they're trying to do, what they want to do, and they're succeeding playing this way, and I, I believe that this is how they want to play. This is the identity that the team is establishing, which is something that we haven't seen in the past. That is why this year seems different to me, and it, it's all of that. It's it's the special teams that are rolling. They're getting offense from the tops, the, the, the core four, getting offense from the depth um they're they're you know morgan riley is providing some offense from the back end uh they're being consistent the special teams is getting it done jack campbell is playing at a vesna rate you've got your backup joseph wall playing at a vesna rate through his first three games in the nhl and i, I know i'm being a little you know Obviously, I'm not saying he's a Vesna caliber goaltender, but he's playing really well himself. They're just everything's kind of going right, and you know they're they're not even scoring goals the way that we typically see them. Right? These aren't they haven't these haven't been track meet games. They're scoring in the greasy areas. They're going to the net hard. They're fighting for ice. They're fighting for loose pucks, and uh, you know they're getting a lot of greasy garbage rebound goals, which are the easiest way to to score in the playoffs. Or not the easiest. It's actually quite hard to do. That's the way that it's done. So a lot of really good things coming uh, coming out of Toronto these days. And uh, the fact that it, it all looks somewhat sustainable and, and the way that they want to play is really encouraging. Super encouraging signs if you're a Maple Leafs fan. So, you know, I understand the skepticism. I understand it. And I'm sure for some of you guys, I did not, uh, you're not wavering off that skepticism and everything that I just said. You know, you still probably rolled your eyes and said, yeah, well, we'll see what happens come April. 
I get it. But I'm just telling you that I personally feel that this year is a little bit different. Uh, All right, coming up next, we'll get to your listener questions where you take control of the segment Twitter Tuesday after a word from our show sponsors. Bet Online has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code LOCKED ON to receive that deposit. From basketball to football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers. Offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, welcome back into Locked On Leafs, the only daily Maple Leafs podcast out there in the land. Uh, I'm Mike DeStefano, the host of this podcast, and just a reminder that you can make Locked On Leaves a daily listen by downloading it wherever you get your podcast from and make it part of your daily listening routine. Uh, okay, so like I said, um, I-, I wanted to give y'all an opportunity to kind of ask me some questions and get involved in the podcast. I, I think that's that's always a lot of fun. So I had some of you guys reach out and, and ask me some questions. So just going to go ahead and, uh, and, and answer them for you, <laughs> I suppose. So the first one comes from uh, comes from Jimmy Vanilla, Jimmy V Vanilla. So Jimmy Vanilla, who uh, I know is a big fan of the pod, so appreciate you asking a question here for me. Uh, would you trade Matt Murray at half the salary of three and a half million for Peter Mrazek's three point eight million dollar salary? Would I trade Murray at fifty percent retained for Peter Mrazek? I'll be honest with you, I don't think I would. I, I just I don't think I would do that. Um, Matt Murray is just as much a band aid as Peter Mrazek, to be quite honest with you. And and his head state doesn't look too good right now. The way that he played in Ottawa, clearly he's not even an NHL quality goaltender in Ottawa. So I, I just I, it's not someone who I'd want to bring into the organization um, as a reclamation project. Uh, you know, I, I they still have. Like three years left on that contract, you know, which I'm same as Peter Mrazek, I suppose. But uh, no, I'd, I'd rather roll with with Pete Mrazek and uh, in net as opposed to Murray uh, myself. And I think Mrazek could potentially hold more trade value down the road, anyways, than uh, than a Murray at fifty percent retained, just because you know he's played a high level of goalie more uh, recently. Then Matt Murray, he really hasn't played at a high level since leaving Pittsburgh uh, a couple of years ago. So I think I would rather keep Mrazek around as uh, as the the solid tandem goaltender for uh, for Jack Campbell if he needs it. But I mean, realistically, I'm not ready to move on from Mrazek quite yet. Um, you know, I, I don't think just Joseph Wall has pushed Mrazek out of the picture, out of the conversation, but it certainly makes me feel a lot more comfortable knowing that, uh, you know, if Mrazek goes down again, and if this, this groin injury lingers a little bit longer, that they have a goaltender that is capable of winning games in the NHL, um, that can, that can give Jack Campbell some rest in Joseph Wall. 
So that that is something, you know, when we talk about the goalies, I, I'm extremely happy about that. But I do not think I would like to bring in Matt Murray into the organization. I know he's a former Sioux Greyhound, and that is, uh, that's, that's Kyle Dubas' shtick, right? Go out and find these Sioux Greyhound reclamation projects. But hopefully he stays far, far away from uh, from Matt Murray. I mean, if Murray ends up getting bought out in the summer, maybe you bring him in at a really cheap deal uh, to be the backup next season if you move on from Mrazek, uh, if you can somehow trade Mrazek, rather, and have him come in on uh, on a prove-it, one-year prove-it deal to be a tandem. But I'm not willing to to, to, to eat that money, $3.5 million over the next few seasons. Um just not willing to do it, Jimmy. All right, next question from Jell Bel uh, Jess Belmosto, who is our Locked On Flames, Locked On Flames uh, host, also a co-host of the Locked On NHL podcast, and she says, "Would you like a gently used Jake DeBrusque?" Uh, so, if you guys haven't heard, Jake DeBrusque uh, apparently has has requested a trade. Out of Boston. Let's see what Jake DeBrusque is doing this season. Because I don't think it's too, too good, to be honest with you. Um, I assume that's why he's asking out. I don't think he has a very large role with the team. Uh, Through 17 games, he's got three goals, three assists. So six points in 17 games last year. Just 14 points through 41 games. But, uh, yeah, hasn't really been able to find the scoring touch he had back in 18-19. Had 27 goals through 68 games, 42 points. And then hasn't been able to eclipse the 40 mark uh, over the last couple of seasons after, you know, scoring 43 and 42 in his first couple of years. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Let's see what Jake DeBrusque's contract is at because I do know that he's on a deal um, that I don't really believe is low, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's got a cap of 3.675. Holy smokes. Um, it does run out this season. I'm sure he's probably still going to be a, a RFA at the end of the contract. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. <laughs> I'm going to say no, Jess. I, I, you know, Jake DeBrusque. Once upon a time, maybe that would have been a, a nice, in, intriguing player to bring in um, for the Maple Leafs. But at this point, I don't, I don't like the contract. The player hasn't turned into what he, uh, what he once looked like he was going to be. So I think I'd stay away from Jake DeBrusque. Uh, the only way that I may consider it is like if, if I suppose like Nick Ritchie was involved in that deal, like Ritchie for DeBrusque, maybe. But I doubt. Boston does that trade but even then like they would have to retain some money because Toronto is not going to be able to to bring in DeBrusque's extra what's that one point you know 1.1 million dollars on top of Richie's salary like it's just just not going to happen so I I I don't see it again um (laughs) yeah I'll I'll stay stay away from Jake DeBrusque uh Matty Ray 44 um, Mojo Re- Ryzen 44 is the Twitter name. Uh, when McCabe comes back, where do you see him fitting in? Top six, bottom six, and who's the odd man out? Thanks, AB. Great show. Uh, appreciate it, Matty Ray. Really appreciate the question here. It's a good one, and it's one that uh, people have been thinking about for quite some time. So I'm glad this gives me an opportunity to talk about this. Uh, because yeah, Ilya McCabe probably going to be coming back in the next uh, next few weeks here, and 
you know, where does he fit? The way that this team is rolling right now, Michael Bunting looks pretty nice, slotted up in the top uh, top unit there with with Marner and Matthews. They're starting to, to really gel and build some chemistry. I really liked Alex Kerfoot's game this season. He's actually earning that $3.5 million contract and uh, making – um, Kyle Dubas looks somewhat smart for uh, for for electing or trying to keep him um, over a guy like Jared McCann, who is also having a great season. So it's, it's not you know is what it is, but you know the way that he's filled in quite admirably on the penalty kill um, on the second line, he's getting things. Offense is funneling through him. He's scoring goals. He's setting up plays. Um, and he's just such a low maintenance, selfless player. You know, I, I, I've really enjoyed him actually up in the top six um, as a winger. So I, I don't I don't know if I would put him in the top six. I know that in training camp, they really wanted to try and see if that could work. And they tried him out on the second line alongside Nylander and Tavares. But if Kerfoot continues to play the way that he is, like, why would you why would you even try and and ruin that? Like, to me, I think Mikheyev, like, he's a terrific defender like this guy can play uh you know he back checks hard he forechecks hard he could really fit well with Kashe and and Kampf like Mikheyev Kampf and Kashe to me would be a fantastic third line checking line like that 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 that's the ideal checking line to me is Mikheyev Kampf and Kashe right I like as much as I like Pierre well as much as I don't hate Pierre Engvall like a lot of people do, and I think that he's done a decent job um, on that third line with Kasha and Mikheyev, or with Kasha and um, and Kampf, I think Mikheyev is the better player between the two. I think Mikheyev would be the better option between the two. And when healthy, I that is where I would put him. That's where I see him fitting best. He just doesn't have the finish or the offensive upside to play with, with Matthews and Nylander, I don't think. Yeah, he, he's a really good puck retriever. He's, you know, like a dog on a bone sometimes. He'll go, he'll battle for pucks in the corner. But honestly, I, I, Kerfoot's doing a lot of the similar things. And Kerfoot, I think, deserves the opportunity to be up in the top six um i know they they may want to bring mckay back next year he did request a trade they do want to give him more of a role you know maybe if bunting doesn't uh if bunting slows down um he gets an opportunity up on the top line with matthews and marner and kind of plays that hymen puck retrieval go to the net type of role but I just don't see the offensive upside. I don't see the finish in in Mikheyev, and I think he's best suited as a third-line shutdown winger who'll be heavy on the forecheck, who'll defend well in his own zone, and who's got some good speed to to, uh, to break out with Kasha, um, it, kind of in a similar vein to how he and Engvall have played well together when, when they've been on a line. So I like him on the third line. Who's the odd man out is the second follow-up question to where I like McKayev. So, man, that's that's a really good question. To me, it's probably, like, assuming everyone's healthy, that is. Like, even right now, Kasha is not even in the lineup. So, that's why you have guys like Kyle Clifford playing um, or Kirill Semyonov. But those guys aren't regulars in the lineup with, with a full healthy, uh, healthy lineup here. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to either Nick Ritchie or or Pierre Engvall. It's going to come down to one of those two guys, and they really desperately, I think, want to try and make Ritchie work um, with this team. It 
like he's 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 good as a net front presence on the power play. Uh, that's kind of been the only time that he's been consistently good. You know, he's had shifts here and there, but he's been pretty good on the power play. Uh, but at the same time, Engvall has also been okay on special teams. You know, he can fill in. He's kind of a, a jack of all trades. He's he can play down the middle if you don't want Spezza at center. You can play him as a fourth line center and then have Simmons and and Spezza as uh, as your wingers. Um, but one of those two, I would say, will end up being the odd man out. Either it'll be Engvall or it'll be uh, Richie. And perhaps even guys like Simmons and Spezza kind of get rotated out. And, and, you know, those four guys maybe end up, you know, three of the four will play on any given night. And and uh, they'll just kind of rotate that fourth line a little bit depending on the night and depending on who they're playing. So that's that's how I think the Mikheyev thing may end up working out for the Maple Leafs. But we'll see. Still a few weeks before we'll have to figure that out. Uh, Jason Hernandez, uh, hey Mikey, long time listener, uh, why couldn't the Leafs at least give the Ducks one point? <laughs> so uh, Jason Hernandez, JD on Twitter, uh, happens to be the host of Locked on Ducks, so not too happy that the Maple Leafs uh, went in and laid a beatdown on the Ducks, nah, not necessarily a beatdown, it was actually pretty tight, close game, um, despite the 5-1 score, but clearly not happy that the Maple Leafs didn't at least let the Ducks get a point, and uh, the answer to that question is, because the Leafs are the better squad, Jason, they're the better squad, and that's what happens when the better squad scores more goals than the worse one, you don't get any points, so eat it. Uh, but a follow-up question also, which Marlies have impressed you this season? I like this one. And, and Jason's a guy, he works with the Ontario reign of the AHL. So I know that he, he, he works within the AHL. So he knows some of these, uh, some of these American league prospects. So, you know, I like that he's asking me this question specifically because he probably has quite a, a decent idea of some of the guys around the league, but two Nick, two guys really stick out to me. Um, Josh Hosang really sticks out to me. Uh, Josh Hosang has had uh, a really, really good season this year for the Marlies. Remember, he had a great camp, but then didn't end up getting signed to a a, uh, a club deal. Ended up having to sign an AHL uh, deal with uh, with the uh, with the Marlies. But I think actually, I, I always thought that you know it was bizarre that he didn't. But now I I look back on it and I actually heard Frank Corrado doing an interview. Uh, with uh, the Steve Dangle podcast last week, and he was talking about how Kyle Dubas gave him the option, AHL or NHL deal, and he chose the AHL deal because then it allows him to get out of it if an NHL deal presents itself, uh, if, if an opportunity presents it, presents itself. So I feel like that's exactly what happened here with Hosang. So maybe the fact that he's on an AHL deal isn't as bad as, as I thought, um, originally thought. I think it may even be a preference for Josh Hosang. So just a, a nifty little, little tidbit there, uh, for y'all. But for me, um, yeah, the season to get back to the season that, uh, that he's having uh he's playing really really well i'm just trying to pull it up right now uh what exactly he's doing but he's operating at like a point per game 
with the with the Toronto Marlies. Yeah, he's got 13 points in 14 games. Uh, he's got nine goals so far this season. He's been he's been electric. Uh, had an, an unreal highlight reel overtime winner as well last weekend. Um, so he's been really good. Alex Steves is another guy who's got 12 points in 11 games. He's got seven goals, five assists. Um, he, he scored an overtime winner as well last week, and I was actually watching that game. Uh, they played the, the Cleveland Monsters and, and ended up winning that game in overtime. And Alex Steves was, was really good. He's kind of the guy who I'm expecting may be able to kind of take a step. He's someone who they signed out of college a year ago um, at a Boston college, I believe, or, or Notre Dame. I think it was Notre Dame, actually. Uh, so he's somebody who I think might get an opportunity at some point, if not this season, the next. Uh, it's his first full pro season. So, you know, it's it's not every day that the you know they automatically get brought up to the pros. But at some point, maybe Steve's works his way up. But he's somebody from the Marlies that I've been impressed with. Josh Hosang, obviously. Um, and Joey Dushik, a defenseman. For the Toronto Marlies, uh, somebody who I, you know, I also came from the college route. I was really big on him when they signed him, and he's starting to flourish. He's someone who they've really worked on, they've really developed. Somebody who uh, he played for the Newfoundland Growlers in the ECHL for a couple of years, and now he's in his second full season. I believe it's his second one uh, with the with the Marlies, and he's got 14 points, 14 assists in 13 games. So. You know the guy. Uh, you know he he's he's really really knows how to play with the puck. He's an offensive defenseman. Um, I think he's got some uh, some work to do on on the defensive side of his game. And as a defenseman, that's a bit of an issue, especially the way that Sheldon Keith wants to play. But uh, it, it you know it's encouraging and, and he's playing well. Some other names that I've heard from some other people, uh, just as since we're on the topic of Marley's guys who could eventually be in the conversation. Uh, but some other guys that I've heard have been playing really well. Um, trying to find who, well, Simeon Dergachensev has 12 points so far through 16 games. Uh, uh, Christians Rubens is another one who's played extremely well for, uh, for the Marlies. And, and at some point could earn a call up to see what he just to get a peek at him. You know, he's, uh, you know, now what, 23 years old, I believe, but six foot four, 220 pound defenseman. Um, now in his fourth year with the Marlies. Yeah. Fourth season with the Marlies and more of a defensive defenseman, um, but I think he's he's somebody who's really starting to to take some steps, especially in you know on his defensive game. So he's another player that I've really uh, I've I've heard good things about uh, Jason. So thank you for that question because I don't get the chance to talk about the Marlies and talk about kind of the prospect pool too too much. But uh, maybe I'll do that uh, over the next couple of days. We only have one game this week um, through the you know the Monday to Friday schedule just on the Wednesday. So perhaps on on Thursday or something, uh, one of these days, I'll, I'll kind of do a prospect roundup because there's a couple of prospects in college that are actually lighting it up. Matt Nyes doing some good things in Minnesota. Uh, the Leafs second rounder this year. They had a seventh round pick, Ryan Tverberg. Uh, Tver, Tverberg? Tverberg? Anyway. Seventh rounder back in 2020 who is absolutely killing it for UConn this season as well. Um, I'd like to get both of those guys on the podcast if I possibly can. It's a little easier to get the NCAA guys on the show than it is guys who are affiliated with the Maple Leafs and, and have contracts and are pro players. Um, so maybe I'll try and get them on the show for you guys because that'd be a lot of fun. 
Uh, let's see. Is there any any other questions that we had? I think that's it. I believe that is it. All right. So, yep, that's going to do it for uh, us here today on the podcast. Um, if you want to take part in next week's Twitter Tuesday and get your questions into me, uh, please do. Just a reminder, I'm going to be posting uh, the the – well, I'm going to be asking for questions and making that post next week, either on Sunday or Monday. So keep your eyes peeled on the Lockdown Leafs uh, Twitter page. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms. And receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. I'm back with another episode tomorrow. Going to be teeing up the game between the Maple Leafs and the Colorado Avalanche. Nazem Kadri returns to Toronto. We'll tee that up. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.